0: Okay, good evening, family and friends. We are so thankful that you all have joined us for our last edition, our last episode of Sharp Talk here in 2020. And tonight, we are very pleased to welcome six-time Pro Bowler, NFL Hall of Famer, truly elite football player, father of three, husband, and Sharp family friend, Mr. Eric Dickerson, to Sharp Talk this evening. Hey, Hello, Eric, and welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. Louis, good to see you. Rebecca, very nice meeting you. So uh, I'm, I'm honored to be here.
2: What a joy. What a joy it is to have such a, a decorated and such a, a distinguished uh, NFL Hall of Famer, my NFL brethren. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on, and we're excited. We're excited to get to know a little bit more about you and your family. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Amen. All righty. So if you wouldn't mind, kick us off just telling us a little bit about your childhood, Eric. I know you grew up in Texas. You went to college at Southern Methodist University. And then, of course, we want to know about your ascent into the NFL as the second overall draft pick in 1983.
1: Well, I'm, I'm from a small town in Texas called Sealy, Texas. Um, population uh, back then it was about 2,000 people, maybe a little less. One red light. I uh, grew up in a shotgun house. I was raised by my great, great aunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was adopted by her. Um, my mother had me when she was 15. I found out about who my real mom was. Uh, I think I was 11, 11, 11 years old. A, a teacher told me. A teacher told me <laughs> it, 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 got, it got bad, but you know, uh, it answered a bunch of questions. But I mean, I love my childhood. I got to say, uh, man, I, I was fortunate to have two moms. You know, mm-hmm. the lady who raised me, Viola Dickerson. I, I take that, took their name, Viola Dickerson. And my real mom, Helen Helen Johnson, she was married to, uh, well, my stepfather, in a sense, but um, I had two, uh some brothers and sisters, but, you know, I was very um, close to both of, my mom, both of them, both of them passed away, but I, but I was very close to both of them. I was fortunate to have, uh, I would say, the best man that I ever knew is my dad, who raised my mother's husband, um, Carrie Dickerson. Um, I mean, they always ask, who's your hero? I said, that was my hero. I mean, he was, he was the when I say a, a true Christian man, I mean when I I mean by every sense of the word. I mean was no wasn't no wavering with him. I mean it, he was always he was always the same, and I think uh, in a lot of ways I I know I shall I, well I, I fall short of the mark, but you know I try to emulate emulate him as much as I possibly can. But you know I'm 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 very fortunate to have had him my dad, my mother Viola, my mother Helen, you know as my parents. Um, and growing up, you know, I, I love sports. I do. I love sports. I love playing football. You know, I played I played all sports. I ran track, basketball, baseball. But I just loved, I love football the most. You know, being from Texas, you know, that's just how it goes. You you're a Texan, and um, you know, we won state my senior year in in high school uh, in Sealy, Texas. First time with my school at once we, we played we played the Wiley Wildcats. will not forget it because uh, we go over to Waco and they call us the N word over there. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was funny it was good, it powerful because I'm like, you know, white boys beat up on the truth. So it, was, it became very funny to us. But uh won a state championship. Um, I was highly recruited. I was the thing, and mean, I was blessed. I got to say, I, I had a God given talent. I, I, they stayed in track in 100, 200 in Texas, and um, well, they, look like they won the state championship. and. And was the number one recruiting nation come out of high school. I mean, th- think about that. The number one recruiting nation come from a little small town in Cedar, Texas. You know, one red light, um, and I was just I was blessed, and in, in, in that way. And, and you know, I'm gonna tell you, I had my ups and downs. I mean, I will let, let everyone know that it, it was never easy for me. Nothing has ever been given to me in my whole life. I can I can did not say that. Even my life, because you know, at one point, my grandmother, you know, and, and lady raised me. My mom, you know not my real mother, but my, my adopted mother. She wanted my mother to put me and said, "You know, it, it never amounts to nothing. You know, why are you having a baby at 15 years old?" But it just goes to show God has another plan. You know, come on, talk
0: about it.
1: It can't be interrupted. So uh, I was very fortunate, like in a lot of ways. Like I say, to to play college football, and, you know, play high school football. I could football at one point. Matter of fact, uh, it was a guy named James Abernathy. I forget it because I hated. I, I couldn't stand my high school coach. I mean, just make a pay. He was he was a he was he was racist. I mean, he was back in those days, and uh, he had never coached blacks before. And he just got mm-hmm. out of high school, and, and, and you know, we, we I guess we would experiment, We the experiment, <laughs> and so uh, you know, we did not get along. Um, matter of fact, all of the black players quit. All of the players one guy stayed on. Winston Brown stayed. I won't forget Winston Brown's name. He stayed, but everybody else had quit playing. And uh, you know, in spite of that, I will say in spite in spite of him, you know. Um, Things worked out. It really did. And, and and this goes to show how it could not have worked out. It could have went the opposite direction. It really, it was very easy to go the opposite direction because uh, we had a bad relationship with him and a lot of us did. But my my senior year, we're coming back then, that guy was junior year. He came to all our houses over the summer and asked us, you know, do we come back and play football? Talk to our parents because I want to get my best friend called me and say, has Ralph Harris made your house yet? I said, What he come to my house for Going to all the parents' house to take all the kids and play football. So I saw, So he came back and and um came by and we talked. So I talked to him. And my my mother, she, I won't forget, she didn't she didn't like football. She hated football. like I hate that sport. She said, I hate that sport. She said, oh, I'll cause you problems later. It's not natural for a person to be running to each other that full speed. <laughs> Well, she's right. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, "Well, Mom's got a point there." Yeah.
2: You know, uh, Mary, I want to thank you because many people, many of your fans, we know about your glory, but I want to thank you for sharing with us about your story and how much God was a part of everything okay. that you have achieved and accomplished in your life. Go ahead,
1: Rebecca. Man, let me take it, man. Uh, this just my story. My, thing. I got a book coming out uh, next year. <laughs> But they're about my story, because a lot of people don't know it. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, I had this charm life. And I, I mean, in a sense, I did, but not like that. I mean, my, I had struggles. I mean, it was, I, it was struggles. I mean, like I said, I quit playing. And a guy named James Abernathy came over to my house. He was a guy lived in a town over. And we really liked, I really liked uh, um, the school. He was from, Brookshire Roy. It was a was black school. He said, Look, Eric, if you don't want to, he's supposed to write. He took down the keys. He said, oh, My mother, Miss Dickinson, you mind if I t- take Eric and ride and talk to him for a minute? She said, Sure, take him and talk to him. So, got in the car, and rode. He said, Eric, he said, Man, I heard you quit football. I said, Yeah, man, I don't like that, man, man. Racist, blah, blah. And he said, We rode around. He just kept talking He said, Eric, Let me ask you a question. What do you see in this town? I, I just told you, my town is 2,000 people with one red light. I said, I said, I don't see nothing. He said, Exactly. He said, There's nothing in this town. He said, Let me tell you. Uh, he said, he said, "I'm not just telling you this." He said, "You're one of the best athletes we've ever seen in this area." Now, I'm 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 a, a sophomore in a high school, a sophomore. I mean, why not? Oh, yeah, a sophomore. No question, freshman, freshman year. I mean, I'm like, really? I mean, because you know, it's, it's funny how adults can see things you can't see, and then, yeah. and, and, and he saw he saw it. And he said, Eric, if you don't want to play a sea, just come over to Brooks and play. And I said, okay, I mean, you know, I'll think about that. So I went back and my mother said what he said. I told her what she said. She said, I don't like you quitting. I don't want you to quit. I don't like that sport, but I want you to be a quitter. So if you want to play football, you know, um, I'll I'll take you out. It, it was like fifteen miles away, fifteen miles drive. She said, I'll take you away. But I decided to stay, I'll decide to stay, go back and play football. And you know, like to went on state championship and I was highly recruited. And when I got the SMU, people think, you know, it was easy. I were like Pony Express. I was like, Pony Express like that. Craig James, you and Craig James, Pony Craig, Express. Yeah, but it, it didn't work like that. It was, it was a struggle over there, too. Wow. I, I love my coach. I love Coach Meyer. Ron I mean, Meyer, God rest his soul. Yeah. I was a good man. Good man. And so. Um, did he coach you with the Colts? Did he yeah. coach you with yeah, the Colts? Coach me the Colts. Yeah. And so, you know, I got the SMU and. Uh, you know, I was playing and stuff and but I was I got hurt a couple got got hurt. And you know, they were in a sense I, I could tell they wanted Craig to play over me. You know, not not to smile but you know in the paper. You're not know, right. You know you know how in the paper, they write stuff in the paper, you know. I'm right. black and white. And, he, and Craig is good. I said he he was good. I could I'll say I think at that time Craig was more ready for college than I was because okay. I can't I never lifting weights. I was fast, but I, you know, hadn't had, hadn't developed yet. Right, right. So okay. um um that my freshman year after my freshman year I wanted to transfer I was I was gonna transfer to the University of Oklahoma because that's who that's who I want that's why I wanted to go to college I wanted to go to OU bad I mean, that was my first pick and they wanted me bad. but my mother wouldn't my, my great aunt my mom wouldn't allow it she wouldn't let me go there she, say, she say, I said she said first of all you ain't going to Oklahoma you know I will never forget when she saw Barry Switzer, he came into my house and came to my state championship game and when he left he recruited came out and left you know gave me his whole spiel and I told him I'm committed I was going when he walked out. She said, You ain't going to school, left." I'm like, Mama, nope, you ain't going there. She said, That man's a liar and I don't trust him. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that. I, was, I couldn't got good.
0: For real, huh? Thank yeah. God,
2: Mama's uh, Mama's
1: wisdom. Go ahead, Rebecca. I'm telling you, man, seriously, thank God for her wisdom in so many ways. And so, um, make a long story short, you know, I ended up Ron Meyer came a couple of couple, like a couple of weeks later. And she loved Coach mine I mean, Coach mine said all the right stuff. I mean, he said to Miss Dickinson, if, if I have a problem with him. You know, I just call you, and uh, he meant that. He really meant that. And and how he got, I think how he got it was well, we was sitting and talking, and all of, you know, all of, you know how they've been recruiting You know they, they give you all the spiel and tell you all <laughs> the good, you know, all the good stuff they want to hear.
2: Right? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: He said, "He said, and he said, you got anything to eat here? He said, sure. <laughs> oh, come on in the kitchen. So he went in the kitchen." And- and he put on an apron and started having my mother cook some food, cook some chicken and stuff. And that, 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 that oh,
2: he helped <laughs> your mama cook some chicken. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a, that's all time great right there for me.
1: <laughs> and then that's got why, it. How, that's how, that's how you got. That's how you, that's how you got man. I
0: mean, wow. you
2: know, I, wow. Think, wow. I think.
0: Yeah, well, I would just love and thank you so much again for sharing more of your story. I see the comments are just lighting up and people are so excited to hear a little bit more about the behind the scenes and your journey to this stunning success that we've all been blessed to witness over the years. So if you wouldn't mind, Eric, telling us about your time playing for the Rams, Rams, excuse me, and the Colts. um, And if there are any notable stories from the locker room, from any games, we'd love to hear them. (laughs) might be hard to choose just a few but well, uh, you
1: know I, I'll, I'll say this much when i when i got to the nfl um i didn't know what to expect because I, I i didn't i didn't think about getting drafted uh, really until around my senior year you know um i mean i didn't think that that was gonna happen for me because that you know that don't happen from a kid for see in texas you know it just didn't happen like that and so i was blessed to get drafted uh, i was the second player taken in the draft behind john elway wow um, and, you know the it was, the Rams was a perfect team for me. I, I got to say uh, at the time because uh, matter of fact they had the third pick and the Rams the uh, the uh, all of had the second pick and the Rams made a swap. You know, okay. at, at the last minute at the last minute because John Robinson was the head coach. John Robinson recruited me to come to USC. That was one of my my, my visits. I came to USC on a visit to, to University of Southern California and. Um, when they swapped, I got a call the night before the draft. They called and said, hey, is, is it Eric Dickerson?" I said, yes. He said, uh, this is so-and-so from Los Angeles Rams. Letting you know we're going to draft you in the morning. So uh, have, we have an airline ticket to the airport. So we're going to be on the flight. we have a press conference. you getting in. I'm like, OK. So uh, sure enough, I'm in the car going to the airport. In the, in the morning, me and my best friend, we still best friends this day, Charles And they said, uh, they, uh, they picked, you know, down there was a you know, pick And they said, well, the Rams take a quick pick. Running back, Eric Dickinson from Southern Methodist University. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow, we in the car. We high-fiving and <laughs> congratulate me get to Dallas airport. Flew into LA, uh, got here early, you know, like 10 o'clock. So it was a two-hour time, and got to LA. And um, the guy met me at the airport, took me down to Rams Camp, which I thought was in LA, but it was back in Anaheim, California. I don't remember when we moved to Anaheim. And when I, when I walked in the South Coast, right? And I'm never forget to see he said, I finally got you.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: that was fun. I got to uh, you know, they built, he built, recruited you. And he built the offense around me. And the thing is, I wasn't starting when I first got there. I was on third team. I mean, really. Oh. You know, we run a split-back set. We run a split-back. We didn't run the eye or the one-back set. And okay. we had played in the preseason. I think we played our second preseason game. We played the Red team in second. I think I saw second preseason. And they beat us up with John Riggins in, that, in the one-back. And I'll never forget. Uh, John Robson came in and said, forget everything you, we learned. He said, we're going to the one-back set. And we went to the one-back set. And eventually, you know, I, Eric, you are know, my starter. I, I started. And, you know, it just it just took off. I mean, I got to say that I didn't expect to have 1,800 yards my rookie season and, you know, mm-hmm. touchdowns and make all pro uh, rookie of the year and, and you know, and, and everything. I mean, I just, I think, I still thank God for that. Because if you talk about my 2,000 yards record. But I always say that the the eighteen hundred yards of rookie, I going last a lot longer because you only rookie one time, you get one shot at that, and that's it.
2: Well, of course, and you were voted uh, NFL rookie of the year. That's another one of your uh, notable accomplishments. And I remember we played you. I think it was eighty four. You guys came into St. Louis, and I think that was your uh, the season where you set the NFL all time rushing record. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you ran twenty one times, two hundred eight yards. Y'all just, y'all just ate up the clock and just beat us up. We didn't have a chance. <laughs> do, do you remember that at uh, Bush yeah, Stadium?
1: Yeah, and- I, you know, I remember so well because I won't forget we came to, to, to St. Louis uh, the the morning before the game. <laughs> one of the guys showed me the paper. I said, you seen the paper? I said, no. It, it said, uh, welcome to the Eric Dickinson Invitational Track Meet. <laughs> 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 I against the St. Louis Cardinal defense today.
2: <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. oh my goodness they yeah. took that into existence because that's what you turned it into attract me pretty much
1: yeah, okay boy I, I i you know it's funny you say that because i always said two teams that i could play against every week i want to play them that was st louis and tampa bay so <laughs> I <could play> <laughs> every week i'd be good but uh i had some great games against against, against uh st louis back in those days i mean like i, I mean, that i'm in that 208 yard day i remember i had a it was 30, 33 and we then ran a toss play and I picked up thirty-two yards on it. Um, and like I say, we 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 had we had a great offense, you know. we were running we were running a football team, that's what we did. I mean, we were not fancy, everybody was like, Stop us, we played great defense and stop us. And you know, in a sense we were one dimensional. I mean, I wish I would have had a great quarterback. The best quarterback I played was Jim, I mean, uh, Vince Ferragamo my rookie year. But, you know, I was never that fortunate to have a, a great quarterback, but like I say, I had a great time playing. I enjoy. I enjoyed playing. You know, my my years in LA, even though you know it only lasted four years, four years. People get out, people think I played here eight or nine. Yeah, only played here four and a half years. Okay. But I four
2: years. I let, me ask, let me ask. You, let me. I'm sorry. I, you, there's kind of a delay. I'm not meaning to cut you off, but so many yeah. questions. I I remember Eric. You know, we as an offensive team, we used to kneel instead of sitting on the bench when we were off the field and the Rams' offense was playing we would make it a point to kneel on the sideline just to watch you operate, how beautiful and with what such a grace that you ran the football with uh, was, was such a, a, a pleasure, such enjoyment for us to watch you run that football. What did it feel to know that not only were was the defense all eyes on you, but even your the offensive team from the opponent was also watching you run the football?
1: You know, look, I never really thought about it. I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, I just thought, I never thought about the other team watching me play. I mean, at all. I mean, I, I, I will never forget my, my rookie season was funny. One thing that happened funny, I'm, I'm coming on the field and play the Detroit Lions at home. And uh, I jog on the field. I'm, I, I go by the, like the linebackers and the defensive backs. And I'll never forget this. this, this DB said, Damn, that's a running back? <laughs> that, was, that was so funny. I mean, I had a I had 199
2: on him that day. I yeah, he probably wanted to go home and get back into bed on that early Sunday morning. He didn't yeah. want to talk with me.
1: You know, I was I was blessed. I was I was big. I was a big back. I was 16. Yeah.
2: 14. And you ran straight up and down and you ran with such grace, like poetry in motion.
1: Oh yeah, well thanks. You know, my, my mother, she would out she hated football. She hated you know she would say to me, say Eric, I don't like that sport. That sport is too violent. She said, But boy, you run so pretty. <laughs> Easy, I said. Mommy, it ain't easy. Said, I know it ain't easy, but it look easy. When you're doing. Look pretty, yeah, it looked pretty. Go ahead, Beck. I yeah, know you. Thanks, thanks. I wish I
2: you could have had you blocking for me out there. <laughs> well, you know, Jackie Slater, Doug Smith, I played in Pro Bowls with them.
1: Yeah, great guys. You,
2: you know, guys, and of Jackie course, uh, now do you guys did you run the uh, the student body left and student body right like yeah. John Robinson did at SC?
1: Yes, we did. We, we called it toss left and toss right. We, um, mm-hmm. you know, 40, forty six and forty seven gap. Uh, ISO. Matter of fact, the the, the Cowboys, um, you know, uh, North Turner, North Turner, when well, he, he came off his quarterback later, but when the Cowboys won their Super Bowl, I'm you know watching them play, I'm like, that's our offense. I mean, I, I just, you just you just you know you see certain plays, I say, that's, yeah. and so when I asked North, he saw oh, Eric, he said, yeah, that's said, that's the Rams offense. He The only difference is, you know, we got number we got number eight, we got a, we got a quarterback. He said, that's the only. You know, he said, but, but I, "You know your offense when you see
2: it." Oh,
1: absolutely. But, but yeah, we we've toss left, toss right. My favorite play was I love toss right and toss left, and, I, and one of my my probably my favorite play was forty six and forty seven gap. But right, garden the
2: county gap with an outside right, uh, right, guard. right
1: garden outside garden tackle pool, and and you know I come in behind them, or sometimes I mean we played Tampa, and they went outside. There was a hole right up the center, and I just hit it right up the middle, you know, for like a forty yard touchdown. You know, it was just it was our offense.
2: Wow. So
1: So
0: we'll definitely get more uh, get back to more football talk. But Erica, also, we like to talk about friendship on the show as well. And we want to shout out Roy and Candace Green, who are wonderful friends of our family and who helped reconnect us with you. So thank you so much to the Greens. But um, I want you to also talk about how the importance of friendships and relationships with, you know, friends and family has been um, and just their support through your career. I know you've mentioned your mother um, a lot and, and your other friends. Like, how important has that been during your career and your life?
1: Oh, most definitely. Very vital. I mean, you know, you, you, you can't do anything alone. I mean, it's like if you fall into a hole, and you in that hole. If if no one helps you, out, you're gonna stay in that hole. It's a deep mm-hmm. hole. You gotta have a helping hand. Someone has to help you. Uh, my, my my best friend was still best friend Charles Drayden. Uh I never forget in college. You know, I, I was frustrated. I was frustrated because I, I didn't think I was playing up. And and I'm saying Draven, I said, man, I'm I'm I, I guess you get more carries. And I, I I'll never forget this conversation. I think it was my my junior year. And because uh, I said, man, I said I, I said I knew how good I could be. I know. I can tell you something. He said, "If you as good as you say you are, you would do it without getting out. You you won't have to get all the carries. You don't get You don't need won't need as many carries as as as, as 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 Craig got." I said, "I'm gonna show you." And boy, let me tell you, so I, I got to say, my best friend, he he, he lit a fire. We should talk about it today. He said, "Dick," because I was having two hundred yards on fourteen carries. You know, you know, hundred eighty yards on, on um,
0: thirteen
1: yeah. carries. And and he said, "You said, Craig came in and said." Man, Charles, what did you tell Eric? Can you tell me some of that? <laughs> <laughs> this was an SMU? I was, was, was an SMU. I was an mean, SMU. You know, me and Craig are tight. I mean, that's my boy. Me and Craig are tight. But I got to say, my best friend lit a fire under me because, you know, if if, if you don't have a, a friend or someone who would lead you in the right direction because, you know, we as young men and, and women, we do, st- we do dumb things being youngsters. I mean, and my best friend was the type of guy say, "Big man, you can't do that. That's not you can't do that. That ain't right. And vice versa. And vice versa. You know, I gotta say, I, I was fortunate to have really good friends, you know, my friends and my family, like my mom and, and my dad. You know, he died when I was 17, but wow. still my dad had my, my a big had a big impact on my life in those in those 17, 17 years, even though I was a baby, but you know, it, it, it was just so so many things he told me and taught me, you know, as, as a as a young kid, you think you're not hearing, but you're hearing. Mm, yeah, the seeds uh, are being planted. I'm still in the bed and, and have his Bible and want read the Bible and talk about. And i I knew I would have my hand on my chest like this. <laughs> he said, "Hey, boy, he said, sit up." He said, "Let me tell you something, son." He said, "I can't die, for you, son." He said, "I'm going to heaven."
0: Mm-hmm. He said,
1: I, "I want you to be there with me one day." He said, "But wow. if you don't, I ain't gonna miss you." Now. I'm just gonna tell you that's how it works. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand it. And you know, he just broke. He would always talk about death and life and heaven and God and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. I got so much of it, I thought it was like, Man, I don't feel like hearing this crap all the time. But I'll say this here you know, when my dad passed away, it I was devastated.
0: Okay. I mean, he he
1: died of a, a massive heart attack. Wow. Uh, and I and like I say, best man I knew. But all his stories came back to me. Everything that he said to me later. Like he he would say he said one thing he said, Eric said it takes a second to get in trouble in a lifetime to get out. Wow. And think
0: about that.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean you 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 can you can make a decision say you know what I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a club tonight. Somebody say you shouldn't be going to a club, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go I'm going out anyway. I'm, gonna, I'm you know we're gonna have a few drinks. You drinking and you are drinking with your friends, driving. You hit somebody and you kill them.
0: Mm-hmm. All right,
1: that didn't take long. That took a split second,
0: but then everything
1: changed. Or, or somebody step on your foot. You disrespect me. You didn't get to a fight, kill somebody but I hit him, kill them, shoot them, whatever. That didn't take that didn't take like a split second, but it changed your life forever. And that was one of his things. And another thing he say, he say son, all that you do, do what you might. Things done by halves and not done right. And I didn't get that at first, but I I got it when they cut the yard. I got up early one Saturday morning. I rushed out to cut the yellow phone to go for my friends. And man, I mean, we had a big like that's an acre. I'm I, it's a push more, so this ain't no riding. I'm pushing <laughs> and so I, I go to put the lawnmower up. And my dad come out, he said. What what you doing i said I, I, I cut the yard he said he said tell me i looked at that yard Man, it was patches everywhere, I mean, patches everywhere. <laughs> he said what did i tell you i said uh he <laughs> said what did i tell you all that you do do what you might then you done by halves and that's done right <laughs> then cut the whole yard again i got it after that i, I, I learned that lesson so my mom, my dad my mom um you know and just other friends i mean friends i've made you know even since Playing, retired from football and playing football. You know, one of my best friends, girl well, I dated. You know, as a girl, Holly Frank. We dated years ago, but I mean, when I say that's my dog, that's boy, she's my biggest fan. <laughs> I mean, she don't let nobody say nothing. about <laughs> You know, is my biggest fan, but we just that's my best friend as, as a female, other than my wife. But I can think of you. Know, you talk about the football stories. I'll give you one in Indianapolis, and I had some good times. I really did. That first meeting. Did I want to go to Indy? No, I did not. I wanted to stay in LA, but it didn't work out like that.
2: Okay.
1: But, but, but one thing that, that you know, th- things happen in your life that can really star you, that you never forget. And something happened to me in Indianapolis that I never forgot and, and mm-hmm. never will forget. Is we I was playing for the Coast. And you know, we had one of them bad years, bad year. I think they had fired Coach Meyer and it was, it, was a, it was a really bad year. And they let someone hang a banner off the rail. You know, you like, like you say, like, we love the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody hang a banner off the rail. And on the banner was a picture of a little black baby sitting in Indian style position with 29 on it, with a stack of money on one side, mm-hmm. fried chicken on the other side. Oh, eating some watermelon. Huh.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: I never, I never forgot that. And boy, I mean, I was mad and hurt. And I'll never forget my friend, Alex. She said, Eric, she said, I was so pissed. She said that was so wrong. She said you might expect that at the opposing, the opponent stadium, but you never expect to see that at your own stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and from that point on, I mean, that's when I said I got to get out of here. I mean, I mean, like I said, I had some good, some good times. we were great teammates, but you know that I can say scarred me, and and yeah. like even yeah. that. But I don't, I don't, I don't like going back there. I mean, it's some, and it's some great coach fans. It's some, it's some fans that were, that were true fans, yeah. but I don't, I don't, and I, and, and I and, and I acknowledge that, but I don't like going back there. I mean, I've never forgotten it. Like I say, it's certain things in your life that you, Lou, I'm saying the same thing with You You don't forget. I mean, it's this thing that that scarves you as a player, and you don't forget it. And it's like 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 you say, oh, I forget people, let that go. No, I don't work like
2: that. I never forget. I never forget. Uh, we were playing a game, and and one of the uh, referees called me a racial appetite during the game. And it it just blew my mind. And, you know, and and I'm not trying to get political, but, you know, one of the things that I respect about the NFL in this uh, season of uh, of, of racial uh, unrest is the fact that they've apologized uh, to the players for the threats that they made for players that practiced their uh, Second Amendment rights and and knelt uh, during the playing of the National Anthem. And they are strongly uh, 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 addressing uh, the racial injustices in our communities.
1: I mean I, I agree I agree with you. I mean they, they, they've done a they've done a better job. let's put it like that. I think I think, I think they, they missed the mark in the beginning. just listen The thing is, all you got to do is listen to your players. It's like it's like playing football. You know we as players, you know you got your coaches, but the players, like you have to, like I'm sure you said it. This play ain't working. We don't <laughs> like if we end the fight. We not watching the fight. We know what's the ain't yeah. working exactly. We got to do something different. And exactly. It's the same thing with with this with you know with all the racial stuff going on. The, the players have been telling for years, you know, that what's going on, but they didn't listen. It was just like when Cap started kneeling. I mean it, he was he wasn't kneeling against the flag. It's just the injustice, this right? Thing. For years, I mean, we as, we as black players, still to this day. I mean, and I just I just said it, I just said it to a friend of mine about asked me about Coach, coach Anthony in. I said, first of all, as, as black young men, I'm sure you were too, you would talk, it's different for you than it is for the white kids. I mean, not it's just a fact. You might not like to hear, it. like my dad out said hey, the truth ain't always popular, son, but it is the truth. And it is. I mean, it's That's different, true. it's different for the black people. It's different for the black players. I mean, but I wouldn't have it no other way. I mean, I love being a black man. I mean, I I mean, I, all the struggles and everything else, I wouldn't take it no other way. But, you know, the thing is, is that you can't sit on that and, like, harp on, like, well, they, they did this years ago. You know, now they, hey, man, you got to move. It's come to place. You got to move on. You, you do have to move on. And hopefully that they make changes. They have made some changes in, in the NFL. You, you see some changes have been made. I love to see more black coaches. I love to see more black general managers because understand this. And I, I, this is what I always say. I said, it's funny how, especially I use a defense. Most of the call, most guys who call a defense are the linebackers. Linebackers you to set the defense. And then most of the linebackers are black. But you talk to the linebackers, a lot of guys, they say, man, they they won't let me coach. You, know? you can call a defense, but I can't coach. But you go, you'll get your friends. You let them, let them teach them how to coach and let them coach. But I just, you know, it's it's, it's certain things gonna change It's thing, certain things we don't know, certain things not gonna change. But do I do I do I am I happy I played with NFL? Most definitely. I'm happy that I had the opportunity to play. Uh because it what it did, it gave my mother things that I could have never given her. I mean, I can say that for a fact. The first thing that I brought my mom, I knew she wanted one you know, as you know, back in them days a, a Cadillac. That was a black man's Mercedes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I, I bought I bought my mother a, a free wood Cadillac, you know, for for, for for a birthday. I had a pin on it. Then the uh, next thing I, I built, her, I built a house for. Her. I built, her, I grew up in a shotgun house. I built that because I always said I wanted my mom to have a house like the white people had, and that's not being racist. It's the truth. That's the white man really nice homes.
2: That's true I mean, for all of us. Absolutely, yeah. that's true.
1: I mean, I grew up in a shotgun house. You know, I'll steal You know, it was a shotgun house, and I I I I, I, I did that. I'm I'm very happy my mother was older but she was like 80 at that time she's like i'm, I'm old I, I said mom i said i want you to have that yeah. and i was able to i was able to give that to her so i'm very happy and proud of myself you know for, for doing that for my mother
0: and you should be extraordinarily proud and i just want to thank you for the example that you have made for our community at the highest levels of the nfl because I mean, and even with the comments now, and people that I've been having conversations with as we prepared for uh, this interview, everybody was so excited to hear from you, and you've always just been a cut above the rest. So even to know some of the struggles that you experienced, and some of the really, you know, unfortunate and harrowing things that happened to you, you still rose above it and really, you know, were such an excellent example for young men and women everywhere. So I just want to thank you as part of the the next generation for the example that you've set um, and truly all of your peerless and just unrivaled um, accomplishments and for the man that you are as well. So thank you for that. And I want to just segue that in. I know you've kind of been able to integrate this in your responses, but you talked about Your father being a very devout Christian and your mother being a praying woman. And I got a chance to check out your Facebook and your Twitter. And I see that you use these platforms with hundreds of thousands of people following you to share the word of God. And to me, as an ordained minister, that just made my baby leap. <laughs> and you tell them, like, wow, this is incredible. This is what it's about. So I just want you to talk about, you know, where your faith has derived from, how you've been able to keep your relationship with God growing, even amidst such sprawling success um, in your professional career. And, and tell us how integral faith has been in your journey.
1: Well, it started with my parents. No, no doubt it started with them. Um, you know, if you're gonna live in a Dickerson household, you go to church. You go to church. You go to Sunday school, and you go in the revival <laughs> for a revival.
0: Amen. But,
1: you know, I'll, I'll say this: um, you know, as a kid, you know, you you didn't want to go to church all the time. You know, I just you know just didn't. I didn't want to go to church all the time. But you know, they made you go, and I'm and I'm glad they did. And when when my when I when my bad dad passed away, uh, and you know, I still went to church with my mom. Um, I'll never forget, when I left for college, I said, I'm done with this church thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be going to church no more. I mean, if I wanna go, family, I'm done with this church crap. I, I, that's, and I said it just like that. Because in a sense, you know, I was still angry at God for taking my dad away.
0: Yeah.
1: I felt like it was unfair. I mean, I get it now. I didn't get it at 17 years old. I was I was angry. Like I said, my dad was the best man I've ever met. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously. And so, I'm like, I I wouldn't go in the church. I, mean, I, would, I would say wild for me was wild. And I drink a little bit. I wouldn't be a heavy drinker. Drinking, you know, not going to church, uh, never did no drugs, nothing like that. But just, you know, being a wild college kid. So I'll never forget. I think it was my sophomore year. I have a dream. And mm-hmm. this dream was, I still, and I think about that, that's been 30 some years ago. 40, was 40 years ago, I had this dream, and I've still never forgotten it. I have a dream that I was going to hell. Wow. And, and the dream was so clear. It was, it was all, it was a bunch of people, bunch of us. And they were hurting us onto the elevator, a huge freight elevator. And as they put us on this elevator, people were screaming and crying. And I was like, I was all I kept saying was, Lord, give me one more chance. That's was, that was I was my. Lord give me one more chance. i never forget, we got on the elevator and there and was these like little imps, little, little, like little, like in the, what's that movie? Uh, God, I can't think, with Patrick Swayze. It looked like the little thing. <laughs> uh, so we got on the elevator and I remember the doors closed, it went, it closed.
2: Yeah.
1: And when it closed, the elevator dropped. And as it dropped, you know, you can see like, say you're looking at the earth, you can see like it goes from brown to dark to darker. And it was a window, it was a, it was a, it was a window about this wide all the way around the elevator. So you can see the earth, like the color of it, the rock right and you get deeper and deeper into the, the belly of the earth. And as we we stopped, boom, the door opened. And then when the doors opened, it was a big clear window. And for your eyes could see, like look at the open, you saw people burning. Wow burning and screaming, and beating on the glass.
0: Hell, let me out, let me out. Oh
1: and I'm like, oh my God, I said, I said, oh my God. I said, I kept saying, Lord, just give me one more chance. Give me, I kept, that, that's all I kept saying. I was crying, people were getting off, and as they opened this door where all the people were burning, they would throw people in, and they would start beating on the glass, let me out. And I'm like, and I, man, that dream like it lasts forever. And finally, I'll never forget, I hear the door, Close for the last time, and I, I'm just sitting. there saying "Lord, give me one more chance." I'm rocking, but Lord, give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. And finally, like I woke up, not, I'm not really woke up, but I'm like, I didn't hear the screaming anymore, and I was on a, like on a city street, almost like in New York. And the dream said, "You got one more chance."
0: Wow, that's that riveting.
1: We'll have forgotten it, and that point there, I start going back to church. I mean, I ain't going to say I was like like the, the Holy Roller, <laughs> but I start going back to church. You know, I started reading my Bible. You know, remember what my dad had taught me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my faith has grown exponentially. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'm not the perfect Christian.
0: None of us are. None of us
2: are. <laughs> yeah,
1: none of us are. But do I, believe in, do I believe in my maker? Most definitely. Do I believe? I have, I'll never forget, I'll never forget one time. It was something financial that I was about to lose a bunch of money, and I just knew God. I said, "God ain't gonna do this to me." I said, "I don't believe it." And it was another guy. It was two other guys in, in, in the same deal, and people that that sold it off, sold some of their, their, their uh, stuff off like twenty cents on the dollar, fifty cents on the dollar. I said, "I'm not doing that." I said, "I said God ain't gonna do this to me." I said, "I, I said I believe," and I kept mm-hmm. saying. And, he, and they said, "Man, Eric," I said, "I'm telling you, man." He said, "Well, if you believe, I believe." And, mm-hmm. I'm never, and I'm at the golf course, playing golf. And I was, you know, you having one of those stressful days. It's on your mind, really harsh. It's riding.
0: It. Yeah.
1: But something said, open your phone. And I opened my phone, and I looked at it, and it was Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. And it said, I am thy God. Wow. When I read that, I read that, I said, I'm good. I, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and, and seriously, give me cold chills still talking about it. That's the kind of God that I serve. Come even on, yes. pray, pray, pray. Always, always good for me. Always. I mean, like I said, it's been, it's been times where, you know, I mean, I'll say, that I don't deserve his goodness. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, and I, even this morning, I was driving in the car. I said, God, just thank you for being so good to me. I mean, I, I know I don't deserve it all the time. Like my house that I bought here, I bought my house 36 years ago. And thank God, I mean, I've lived here that long. And when I bought this house, I still can't believe how I bought it. I mean, it, it, it just blows my mind, you know, what I got it for, you know, and what is the value of it now. And when I walk through it every day, not just sometimes, I mean, every day, I say, Thank you, Lord, for giving me my house. I mean, you know, <laughs> he, he gave it to me. And I say, This this is the house God gave. I didn't, I mean, I got, I know, I, I come see the Texas. You know, we had 2,000 people. So, like I say, mom, and it's not just about the monetary. Thing. It's just about my my family that I have, my kids. My daughter was sick. Uh, she was seven years old, and all of a sudden, she wound up with an illness. Matter of fact, my friend Roy Green, as he said, it happened to his daughter, but it was something different. All of a sudden, one day, she couldn't walk. She was stumbling, like like, and shaking really bad, like she had Parkinson's.
0: Really, and this,
1: this went on for about about two years. Wow. And I won't forget, man. We prayed, man, cried. I think one, one, of the, one of the most heartbreaking things is when you see your child suffering. I mean, I know it is because, my, and, and, and it, I mean, people have been through worse. People have lost their lost it. But I was sitting there. We were sitting at the, at the dining room table. She was. She had a back to me, and I, she wanted a cookie, so I gave her a cookie. And she was shaking. I mean, she she was just. I mean, really shake like this. And she mm-hmm. was shaking so bad. And she turned around and she looked up and she said, Teddy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't wanna I'm not trying to waste the cook I said, baby.
0: Wow.
1: Don't worry about it. I mean mm-hmm. it, it still breaks the heart didn't day. But like I say, God healed her.
0: Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord.
1: He's healed now. And Praise then, the when Lord. I say when I say I'm I'm grateful, I'm I am more than grateful for stuff that he's done for me. Like I say, this stuff here, this stuff, you and all that stuff is fantastic. But hey, this that that don't mean this don't mean nothing. And I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I live by that. I mean, God has given me a talent, and I use my talent. use My voice to help other people. But this monetary stuff here, my dad, I'm saying stuff you can't. I can't take none of this with me. These helmets you see (laughs) behind me, they're not going to the graveyard with
2: (laughs) me. Awesome, Eric. Thank you so much. You know, the word says, let your light so shine that men will see your good works and glorify the father. What a testimony. I guarantee you, many of our viewers need to hear just what you had to say. Uh, Thank you for that message of hope. I heard a preacher preach this uh, this past Sunday. He says, you know what? I can see what kind of car you drive, the kind of clothes you have. But what are you doing for up there? What kind of treasure are you storing up where moth or rust will not corrupt? And that's what you do for other people. And that's really what it's all about.
1: That's what you're right, Lou. That is exactly what it's all about. It's not about down. This ain't our home. My dad said it. This ain't your home. This is a stopover. And the truth is just a stopover.
2: That's right. Hallelujah.
0: Come on, minister. Amen. Well, no, I'm just really touched by the testimony. You know, and the word of God says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I thank you uh, for being vulnerable and transparent of sharing your testimony. It definitely touched me and you know, you know, we lost my older sister um, 14 years ago, and that was, you know, one of the most difficult um, times of our lives. But we see even in that, that God is still working things together for our good and his glory because he's just that good. So we truly can count it all joy, you know, when we experience these trials Of many kinds because our faith is being perfected you know the testing of our faith is producing something really fruitful so I just again want to thank you for for sharing and for just opening your heart and allowing us into how your faith has been tested but how God has shown you just how faithful he is and he will continue to be faithful and I just want to say that I know your dad is very proud of you as he was planting those seeds in your heart when you know as you were growing up in your formative years and now that you've been able to pass that down the faith to your children i mean that is a generational blessing that's going to transcend every record you broke right yeah, uh,
1: not for sure. not, not, yeah you're right about that thank you rebecca i appreciate it
0: <laughs> of course of course i gotta always bring it full circle gotta bring it full circle and i just um you know again you've integrated it a lot during our conversation but obviously this year of 2020 has been unpredictable unprecedented and very uncomfortable so i want to know eric um, do you have any message of exhortation or of hope uh, for people as we are leaving 2020 behind us and looking onward to 2021? What is your message to people?
1: You know, my message to, to people is that, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, love that neighbor. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think it's, it's important. That, you know, when you look right now, people are. Uh, like the, I don't think we hate each other so much, you know. You you hate this guy because he's this religion. You hate this guy because he's this color. You know, we didn't pick our color. It is just not like I went out to say I want that red color. and I'm gonna take that black. One. You know, it, it doesn't work like that. I mean, I just feel like people are people. I don't. I'm, I don't. I've never judged a person on the color of their skin. That's just not me. And, and uh, to me, I just wish that, that people would. Just judge you on on your own merits, you know. Like I say, how you how you treat people. Because, look, if if you would ask me, say, "Hey, will you pass me that cup there?" You'd happy to pass it to me. But if you say, "Hey, give me that damn cup over there,"
2: you're like, what? No, you, <laughs> you
1: know, for me. reaction. <laughs> You'll get a different reaction. And I just wish people really would just try to do better with you know, because serving each other, you know, be 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 a servant. I mean, Jesus was a servant. He was a serious yes. you know. He, he could have came down here with a with a gold robe on. Come jewelry. on now, preach it. <laughs> everything, everything but he came down here as a as a humble man. I mean, you know, my dad was big on humility. You know, he would always say son, he said, he said, be humble. He said, because if God have to bring it down, it's gonna be done right. Uh-oh. And I just, I just I I love to see people who are humble, you know, for whatever, for whatever it is, you know, from the beginning. Uh, something some people didn't start out humble, but they're humble now. And so, you know, my, my message to everyone and people would just be like, just treat people the way you want to be treated.
0: Amen.
2: Let me just let me just share this because I love God's word. And God has delivered me from crack cocaine, from pornography, from living life irresponsibly. And now he, he thought he took what I thought was my greatest curse, Eric. And now he's turned it into a blessing because I get to share my story with other people. And I think it's in Third John, it says, Jesus, before he left the earth, he told his disciples, he says, love one another as I have loved you. And he says, by then, men, men will know that you are my disciples. And how did he love us? Sacrificially and unconditionally. Amen. And that's how we, we're called, talking about being servants and loving other people. That's what we're called to do. It's to love like he loved.
0: Exactly. Amen. Amen. And Eric, I mean, as we were talking earlier, you have set a lot of records. You have a very an extensively decorated career. I'm just going to list off a few of them. NFL Hall of Fame, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time NFC Offensive Player of the Year, NFL Rookie of the Year, four-time NFL Rushing Yards Leader, NFL Rushing Touchdown Leader, Heisman Trophy Finalist. We didn't even get a chance to talk about that. You got the uh, Ring of Honor from the Colts. And the list truly goes on. You've made an indelible impact on the game. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: uh that's great I'll say all that stuff is, is fantastic but you know you know more than anything I want people to know that they say you know what Eric was a man of his word and he was a yeah. good man, a Christian man that to me that means that, that's that, those are the things that my dad always talked about and when I say I, I want to be more like him though the, that that means more to me like I said than all this stuff I mean it's great I thank God that I, that I had the opportunity to play sports uh the reason i'm here the reason i, I have a voice is because i play sports the important thing is I, I brother, people know me as a as a good man you know and and, and a good christian man now, like i said i'm not perfect but more so that than than, than all my accolades
0: amen
2: uh, amen brother that's a good word right there thank you for sharing that and and you know i wanted to add i wanted to ask eric your rams are playing uh, my Cardinals for the playoffs this weekend. Now your quarterback Jared Goff is out of the game by uh, broke broken thumb. Kyler Murray is not going to be a hundred percent. With both quarterbacks uh, not playing at a hundred percent, who you got and why?
1: Well, I mean, come on, Lou. You know I got to take my Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I probably sound like a homer taking, but I got to take. I got to take my Rams for sure. Uh, you know, I, I take my, I take him because I think our defense can, can hold up. I mean, it's been doing a great job all year long. Um, our offense has not played well, and then a lot of us do to quarterback. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, and I've been saying that for two, or three years. I mean, he
2: looked horrible. You know, he looked horrible Sunday night. Oh
0: wow.
1: Well, you know, man, you know, I feel bad, but he's been struggling. He's, he struggled. I mean, and and the big thing is, yes, is, is you know well as I do as a former player. You can't turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over, that's it. Big game, that's it. I mean, and, and, and right now, he's become a turnover machine. I mean, it's almost like he's a liability. And I hate to say that, I mean, and that's the truth. I mean, it's just a liability. You, and, and when you're trying to win football games, you can't be a liability. I mean, not in that position. No, not that position. I mean, even myself, I still remember my worst football game to this day. Remember it very well. We played the Washington Redskins in the playoffs. I had three fumbles. I had 150 yards, three fumbles. I Man, that ball was like trying to hold a hold a glass egg. I mean, like I couldn't hold on to it. I mean, and and you know when you play better. you have to you have to. I mean, because I don't mind calling myself out. I will call myself out. It is what it is. But right now he she's struggling. But I say I think that we'll win that game because I think our defense is that good. If if and but we're beat up too. We don't. We're down. I think with the one running back. We got a backup quarterback, uh, John who has never played in an NFL game. But I think because of our defense, I think we'll win. But if we lost, I wouldn't be shocked. Let's put it like that. I wouldn't be shocked.
2: But we, I hate to say it, we do kind of own you, Cardinals, that we have owned you. No, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I don't think we've beaten you guys I don't know how many years, especially
0: seven, seven
1: times, the last seven times I've beat you.
2: Seven no, times, bad. you guys, seven times in a row. So it's, it's going to be a challenge. And I think it's going to depend on Kyler Murray's health. If he's healthy and he can run the football, I I think your defense is going to struggle to contain the Cardinal offense. And, of course, with the injured leg that he has, maybe he'll be limited. But I'm looking forward to the game. Should be a very good football game. No, No doubt, no doubt.
0: Well, again, Eric, thank you so much for coming on Sharp Talk tonight. I think the message that I'm gonna leave with is we've got one of the greatest football players of all time with us, and he tells us to keep believing and to love thy neighbor, and that we are here to serve just as our Savior served. So those are truly incredible words, something that I'm going to write on the tablet of my heart, especially as we leave 2020 behind and we set sail into the Odyssey of 2021, Thank you so much for your words of exhortation, and again for joining us. We're just so blessed uh, by your ministry, the ministry of your life, really, um, and the way that you live. And I, I, I would say your legacy um, is definitely manifesting well. You are a good man, and we are so appreciative to, to call you a friend. Honestly, thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Louis, for having me. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, and anytime you ever need me again, just call on me, and, and I'll, I'll come back on.
2: Awesome. i got a couple more points and questions I want to ask Um, from our era, And I think in in the entire uh, history of the NFL, two of the greatest running backs are you and my boy, Barry Sanders, you know, we're from Detroit, Detroit area. So always root for the lions. I'm a huge Barry uh, Sanders fan. I know Barry personally. Um, What made you guys, you two, the elite players that you were and, I almost don't want to ask you this question, but who's back, who's the better player? Who's the better running back?
1: Oh man, you know what people people ask you know who's who's the greatest back and who's the greatest this who's the greatest back this. I've always been big big on big big on and this is my opinion is that it's who you like, it's who you saw play, you know who you who you played against. Well, were you there to see him play? Like people say, well, Jim Brown was great. I never saw Jim play. To me, you know, my guy was my guy was OJ. I grew up watching OJ as a kid. I, I want to be like OJ because he was tall, big, tall back. Uh, Barry's great. I mean, Barry's the only back that made me go, "Wow!" You, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Wow. But you know, it's it's. I never say that. I mean, you may say Barry's greater than me. I have no problem with that because he is great. And um, it just depends on it depends on who you like, depends on who you saw. I mean, I always say this feel like this, but it wasn't in God's plan. I and mean, you don't know why. And I never questioned it. But if if I'd have stayed with the Los Angeles Rams, you know, my I think my whole my, my whole career, that, that record would have been so far out there, you know, so far that nobody would touch it. Matter of fact, I won't forget I did a show with me, LT and, and Walter Pate. It was it was the old show coach. And we backstage and we back there talking and and Walter said, Eric, I want to thank you for something. <laughs> I say, I say what? I want to thank you for getting traded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I said, you say?" "Eric, he hey, let me tell you something." He said, "Man, you broke that record." He said, "You said it so far." I said, "No." He said, "Eric, I'm telling you, I know you just broke. You just set that record." So, and for Walter Payne to tell me that, I think that carries a merit for me. So, you know, I can say it's just I always say, Lou, it's it's who you like and who you saw play.
2: Sweetness, your God rest his soul. Sweetness, uh, what a uh, magnificent uh, person and and running back. And the record was twenty one. What was the what's the record still standing thirty some years later? Twenty one oh five. Twenty one oh five, and that was in it uh, was in eighty five. Eighty Now, do you think that record were, will ever be broken?
1: You know, I think maybe one day they may go into seventeen games. Uh, you know, it may happen. You know, they don't run the ball like we used to run the ball. You know, you have a chance. I, I you know, I feel like this. I feel like this. Someone breaks that record. It could be my own son. I mean, he, he loves football. I, want, I, don't, I don't want him to play, but boy, that boy, he's fast. I'm
0: sure. He <laughs> gets it honest, yeah.
1: right? <laughs> yeah. He got it honest. But if someone breaks it, you know, uh, I wish my son would break it, and I did not want to play football. But if someone breaks it, they'll earn it. They will earn it, and and it's a record that, that they could be proud of, just like I'm proud of. It's just lasted, it's, what, 36 years, and so I'm very proud of the record.
2: And uh um now I, I just forgot you know those uh, concussions you know you forget things wait oh, hey, come on yeah but anyway yeah, I can get to that huh what? so anyway Carl uh Eric my brother-in-law is a huge uh, fan of yours uh when we get off the call I'm going to send you our, our address and his name so that you can send uh an autograph picture or something uh okay. for uh, Carlton Hardaway my brother-in-law he's a big fan of yours a big fan of Barry's. If you don't mind doing that, certainly would appreciate it. For sure. I got I got some autograph pictures, yeah. Absolutely.
0: And uh, before we jump off, I know we've got a few more moments, but I was looking and I see that there's some business endeavors that you are involved in beyond your time in the league. So you're if you still are doing um, an endeavor with sports memorabilia and some online companies, sports radio talk shows, if you want to share with some of our viewers where they can find Mr. Eric Dickerson today and how they can support what it is that you're endeavoring
1: in now. Well, we have our foundation, is Young Warriors. You can look it up, youngwarriors.org.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, it's for fatherless boys. We just had our golf event. Luckily, they would do our golf event uh, a couple of months ago here in LA. Um, okay. We were country club. Um, one thing is they want to catch me. on I, mean, I do radio here in town, local, right, local radio station. Great voice for
0: it, too. Great voice I, for
1: the radio. Like, <laughs> I, 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 heard, I heard radio. I've been doing that for the last what I think five years, and also I work at Fox on FS1. Uh, matter of fact, I know I've, I've been doing a lot of TV lately, you know, because of the COVID. But I'll be on next week, next Tuesday. I'll be on television. So you're talking about the who's in the playoff, who's out of the playoff. So you know, I'll, I'll be on next week with Skip and Shannon. Okay. But, uh, those are some of the things I'm doing right now. You're
2: skipping, uh, skipping Shannon Sharp.
1: Yep, skipping Shannon. Uh huh.
2: Well, they have a, they have a unique, uh, wonderful chemistry there. Oh,
1: man. It's, it's great going on that way. I love going on the show with them, you know? I, I, I like to get Skip all around, especially talking about these cowboys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we will definitely check out youngwarriors.org. I love to hear that you are supporting young men that don't have fathers. I mean, the word tells us to take care of the widows and the orphans, right? So, again, thank you for doing such noble and honorable work. Thank Eric, you. We look forward to having you back on the show. I know you said it whenever we want you to come back to call you. So we will be calling you in 2021. You. This has been absolutely extraordinary. Thank you so much. Uh, we want to wish everybody a very happy new year. Uh, just continuing to pray for health, for peace, for prosperity, for protection. May the Lord bless you all and keep you. May he lift up the light of his countenance unto you, be gracious to you, and give you all peace. Thank you so much. Take Thank care. You. God bless. Bye, Thank Eric.
2: Thanks for the memories, E D. Thanks for the memories. You know you've whooped up on us in St. Louis. I enjoyed watching you perform your craft. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. okay. God bless, brother. Okay. God bless you. Okay. Take care. All right.